That is the reality for many folks around the world today. They don't have the opportunity to purchase a Bible even if they have the resources and uh, many of them don't have the resources to be able to purchase the Bible. That's where the Beams Ministry and ministries like Victory Baptist Press come in and that is providing Bibles. Uh, thank you, Pastor Floor, for the opportunity to preach and not holding it against me that I am Marcy's brother. And uh, I'm the older, wiser, and better-looking brother. Amen. It's a joy and privilege uh, uh, to be here tonight. Uh, we came here, I was talking with my wife on the way over, probably 94, 95, we were working uh, with her dad down in Perry, Florida at Friendship Baptist Church, and you had a fellowship meeting, Johnny Ray, uh, that was in uh, Marianne and all that, and, and uh, we were just kids back then, and uh, we come over here for a fellowship meeting, so we're very familiar with your church and ministry, and then, of course, we've been keeping up. The BEAMS ministry stands for Bible Education and Missionary Service. BEAMS was founded in 1972 by veteran missionary uh, Dr. Julian Pope. Many know Dr. Johnny Pope. It was his father that started the ministry, seeing the need that they had for uh, scriptures and educational uh, material. In 1997, the Pope family asked Dr. Rene Ferret to bring the ministry over to Gulfport, Mississippi, and to uh, take over the ministry as he was very close to the being, or very close to the Pope family and particularly Dr. Julian Pope. They actually worked on staff together in a church when the ministry was founded. And Brother Fret brought it over. And during his time of uh, mission trips as a pastor and knowing missionaries, he asked them, what is their greatest need? And they said, one of the things that we really need is some good quality Bibles uh, for our converts once they get saved. And so that's when the focus of Beams really uh, came, primary focus in providing whole hardback Bibles uh, to missionaries and national pastors so that it will hold up in all the different uh, weather. Because it's not that we're opposed to John and Romans and New Testaments and the tracks going out. We love those and we put those in our boxes as much as we can and work with sister ministries like this. But this is Beams ministry. Uh, we're not a printing ministry. We're a distribution ministry. And so we have the Bibles commercially printed or receive them from other ministries. We bring them into our warehouse there in Gulfport, and then we pack them in uh, the Bibles. Have volunteers come in for every $8 that is donated by a church or an individual, some do in memory and honor. We put in the fly leaf of the Bible, we put a label that says that this Bible was given uh, by this family, by this church, and then we have an email address that they can send a thank you note back to our office that we will forward to uh, those that have uh, donated our contributors to uh, the ministry. And then the way we raise the funds for uh, the postage is many of them go by the white IPA boxes, medium flat rate boxes of U.S. Postal Service, and we fill those out and our missionaries take them into churches and we ask people to pay the postage. And it ranges from $60 to $102.55, depending on the zone that where they're going. And a lot of folks say, wow, $102, uh, that's a lot of money. Well, if you take a family of four and go to a steakhouse, you're dropping a hundred and some dollars. Uh, so what, skip one meal and you can send a box of eight Bibles. And, and statistics tell us that one Bible touches between 10 and 20 people. And that's not the generational effect. Uh, because someone took a Bible and shared it with my parents, 
Now I'm in the ministry, and uh, by God's grace, my wife and I, we have two daughters, and they're serving in two churches tonight and raising our granddaughters. So the generational effect that is going on, and so giving to the ministry. And that's what Beans does. We have volunteers to come in and help. If you're over, ever over in the Gulfport area and you got a little bit of time from being at the casino, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. Preacher was watching faces to see who, who was uh, under conviction. Uh, but if you're ever over in the Gulfport area, come by and see us. We're there on Duckworth Road. One thing that we do have, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Dr. Mark Smith and Faith Baptist Church, Tacoma, Washington. Uh, they have designed, and some of you have come over there and seen our Biblical Heritage exhibit. And it's a visual uh, tour and uh, seeing how we got our English uh, Bible. We have facsimile and replicas there, and so it's been a very exciting tool that we've been used to help uh, folks see and, and appreciate why in the English language how we have uh, our Bibles. And so that's what we do in 2021. Dr. Ferret, some of you know him, uh, maybe many of you do know him. He stepped down as the executive director and uh, president of the Beans Ministry, and I would, the board voted me in as the executive director, and so I am the executive director now and president of the, of the Beans Ministry. Dr. Ferret has Parkinson's, and due to that, needed to relocate to uh, Pennsylvania to be near his children. Uh, he's still on the board and still has, has input, but he turns 80 uh, next month, and so the Parkinson's in his age, and he stepped down. And I came over from pastoring in East Texas uh, for six years, pastoring Calvary Baptist Church, and Dr. Ferret contacted me and asked me to pray about coming and helping him uh, with the ministry. And I thought I'd be there a few years and go back into pastoring. But God had other plans, and so we found our life work. We're excited and uh, been here since 2011. And we praise the Lord for what God has done and what he is going to do in the Beams ministry. And we are praying for your mom as we've been getting the, uh, the newsletter from, uh, from the press and ministry. And so uh, not only personally praying, but she is on our prayer list for our staff devotions when we meet together and praying. So we're excited and praying that God will do some amazing things. And we thank God for this church. Thank God for... Uh, your ministry and appreciate the services tonight and the music and everything that uh, uh, God has done in this church and this ministry and what you're going to do until he comes. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 24 and as you're turning there I want to give you a little advice I want to, I want to help you. We're, uh, my wife and I we're at the stage of life our parents and things are getting older and and so I want to, want to help some of you that you're going to be buying some gifts as Christmas is coming and you want to help your, uh, your parents and you want to buy them some gifts. And so there was these four brothers that I heard about that they left and they went off to college and they became very successful doctors and lawyers, made a lot of money, had moved away. And, and as four brothers sometimes are very competitive. And so one year they decided uh, they, you know, getting these gifts for mom and they got together for dinner. And of course, they began to discuss the gifts that they had bought for their mama. And the first one said, well, you know, that old house mama had, I didn't like it, so I had a big brand new house built for her. The second one said, yeah, I heard you had that house built, so I got contacted the architect and the builder, and I had a $100,000 theater system built in that house. 
Third said, well, I heard what you guys were doing, so I called up my Mercedes dealership, and I had them deliver a brand new CLS 450 to mom with everything. The fourth one said, you know, mama loves to read the Bible, and she's getting older, and she can't really read anymore. She, she can't see. And I met this preacher that told me about this other preacher that had a parrot that it took like 20 years and all these preachers to teach this parrot the Bible. So all you have to do is say Genesis 1-1 and that parrot will recite it. Matthew 24 and he'll recite it. He said, so I, I went and saw that pastor and, and begged for him and I had to contribute $100,000 a year for 20 years to the church to get that, that parrot for mama. But it's worth it. She's going to be so overjoyed. Well, after the holidays, mama was old school and wrote notes of thank you back to her sons. The first one, she said, Milton, the house you build is so huge, I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. Thanks anyways. <laughs> Marvin, I'm too old to travel. I stay home. I have my groceries delivered, so I never use the Mercedes. The thought was good. Thanks. Michael, you gave me an expensive theater with Dolby Sound. It could hold 50 people. But all my friends are dead. I've lost my hearing. I'm nearly blind. I never use it. Thank you for the gesture, just the same. Dearest Melvin, you were the only son to have the good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> so if you give a gift, make sure you give some instructions. I'm sure I'll get some calls from PETA later on that one. In Matthew chapter 24, I want to read just a couple verses and go to maybe a familiar passage of Scripture to you. But as we look at the world and we see the things that are going on, and it's a natural thing. I hear a lot of people as we have the privilege of traveling and going to uh, many different churches. We have been privileged to be in about 11 different states this year, and we thank the Lord for that. But I hear a lot of people, the conversation comes up, and particularly with everything that happened over there in Israel and praying for Israel. But people are saying, you know, is, is Jesus coming? Is this the last days? And is this uh, as we read here, verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And so folks are wondering, hey, is this it? It looks like the days of Noah. And so tonight, for just for a few moments, if you'll listen quickly, I'll preach quickly. But what was in the days of Noah? Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be here tonight. Lord, I didn't expect to have this honor to stand behind this pulpit. Lord, we're... So many great men of God have stood and preached, and this pastor has been so faithful all these years. But Lord, you knew, and Father, soon as, as Brother Kendrick said today, when Pastor Floor asked, this is a message, you touched my heart, and Lord, confirmed it tonight on the way. So Lord, I pray that you will preach through me, speak to hearts, encourage us, Lord. Father, be with Sister Floor and touch her body that you'll be able to have the treatments. And Lord, may you be glorified in all that. Speak to us tonight. And if there's one loss, may they come to the saving knowledge of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. But many of the folks are looking at it and saying, is this the time? 
And they're, they're saying, well, is this in the days of Noah? Well, I want to look at the days of Noah, and I want to see some things and maybe a little different perspective than what you would uh, look at. I uh, tell folks, I remember when I was a kid uh, and getting in the church in the 70s, and, and uh, they were doing a lot of the prophecies and a lot of those uh, cheesy films were coming out. You know, some of you remember those. And, and seeing all that, and I remember when barcodes were starting to be put on uh, boxes of stuff in the grocery store. And I remember they told us that it was the mark of the beast. Now, I'm going to tell something on my mama. She may not remember. But I remember going to the grocery store and have to dig through the shelves because she wanted the cans or the boxes that didn't have the barcodes because that was the mark of the beast. Now, I remember as a kid, I, I thought the mark of the beast. I remember standing in the grocery store and turning the box. I was looking for the beast in the box. And then they said 666 was in there, and I was looking for 666. And, you know, I was wondering, where's the Dakota ring? You know, maybe I get a Cracker Jack box and get the prize out and see uh, what it was in. And then all the automated teller machines come out. Oh, you can't do that. That is global banking, and if you have that, you can't be saved. I'm here to tell you, if you go by there, you're not saved. Now, you young people are laughing because you don't even carry cards anymore. You blip with your phone for everything. If you lose your phone, your life is over. You, you couldn't do something with a pen and a piece of paper. Uh, but what those were the days that we were talking about and we're looking. But now as we see Scripture and we're seeing the technology, and man, when that uh, they did that... Uh, uh, siren thing where the, the emergency broadcast where everybody's phones went off and, and that happened. I was like, hallelujah, it's getting close. Man, the technology is setting up that they'll be able to take over our phones and show us exactly, well, those that will be here, exactly what is going during the tribulation period. Let me explain that. Hey, they can control that. But what was in the days of Noah? A lot of folks want to say, well, what was in the days of Noah? Let me share just a few quick things. First of all, I want to recognize and say there was a godless society. There was a godless society in the days of Noah. The Bible says that they were, uh, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage. Now, uh, there's an aspect to this that there is uh, wrong things with that, say in the partying. But there's also another aspect that I believe sometimes we, we jump and just look to the wicked uh, thought when we say a godless society. A godless society is a society that God is left out of. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing what we would call sin. I, I find a lot of times when I'm going into churches and I'm meeting a lot of people that they're living a godless life. Oh no, they would say they believe in God and they say they worship God, but on a daily basis they're not seeking God's direction, they're not seeking His faith. They're not asking God, is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to live? Is this a job that you want me to have? In essence, they're practical atheists. Uh, in their practical day-to-day -day living, they're living as if there isn't a God. If you ask them, they say, oh, no, I believe in God. But you can take God out of the equation and look at their life, and you can't see God anywhere. 
You can explain it by their own work, their own uh, decision making. There was a godless society. Hey, there was their wickedness. We know by reading the book of Genesis and going in that the imagination of man's heart is wicked. My, we're living in that day and age. You don't have to look very far. You just turn on or look at the news and read and see, hey, the, the killing of babies and what they're wanting to do to our children and this transgenderism and destroying and sacrificing our children to the gods of this world. Hey, listen, friends. And we're living in a godless society. Hey, it is uh, so wicked out there. It is hard to believe. And people living and the corrupt thinking. And we can go to 2 Timothy and we can read those verses and see. And the last days, the perilous times and unthankful and and lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I mean, we can look and just see being there in Gulfport. I grew up in, in Pennsylvania and Western VA, and I moved down to Florida in uh, 94, my wife and I did. And, uh, of course, I sounded like I was from western Pennsylvania, and uh, I was a Yankee through and through, and I moved to Taylor County, Mississippi. Now, I, or not Taylor, Mississippi, Florida, and I thought that Florida was Daytona Beach and Pensacola and Tampa. I didn't know they had so many rednecks in Florida. My soul, when I got down there, there was more women with dog boxes and hunting than what there was the men going. Uh, and, and I got down there, and they said, oh, you're a Yankee. You're from the heathen north. Now you're down here in the Bible Belt. And I said, oh, yeah? And they said, yeah. I said, hey, you want to know something? Uh, when I lived in Pennsylvania, they didn't sell liquor in the grocery stores. We didn't have all the casinos on the water. <laughs> What's that have to do with anything? You're still gambling. You're a few feet. You got your feet wet or not. What's it matter? We live in a godless society, and look where it's at. Living there in the Gulf Coast and driving down and seeing all that comes with that. Hey, there's no doubt we're living in a godless society. That's what was in the days of Noah. But I want you to realize something else. Second of all, there was a word from God. You see, there was a word from God. He was warned of God, being warned. God came to Noah, and God gave him a word and spelled it out. Noah, this is what I want you to do. Noah didn't have Genesis through Revelation. He had a little bit of the word of God. The problem is not that we don't, uh, what we don't know about the Bible. It is we don't do what we know. See, everybody wants to talk about all this deep stuff and go in, and I'm for that, and we need to be studying, and we need to be learning. But what are you doing with what you know? Are, are you obeying it? Are you living it? Are you doing it? You see, Noah was given a word from God. He was given instruction. You and I, it's a godless society, but you and I have been given a word. We're privileged to have a copy of the word of God in our hands. We can get it on our phones. We can get it uh, relatively inexpensive here in America. But what are we doing? We have the word of God. How much of the Bible do you believe? Yes. It's how much you obey. Yes. See, we can say we believe the whole Bible, but are we obeying it? Yes. Are we striving to do it? Are we striving to fulfill it? You see, he got the word, he believed it, and obeyed it yes. when he didn't understand it. Right. He didn't completely understand. I don't understand everything in the word of God. 
I, I don't know how it all works and, and God's working. The Bible tells me his thoughts are not my thoughts and his ways are not my ways. I, you, you have to remember these were men and women, okay? They, they had feelings like we are and sometimes we read the Bible and we go over and we know what's going to happen. We get all excited. I think about Brother Noah going home to Sister Noah. Now, I've been privileged to be married to the same wife for 33 years. I don't know her any more today than what I did 33 years ago, okay? And I've just come to accept that. I love being married. But I can't imagine him going home and saying, Honey, talk to God today. She's in the kitchen cooking. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Yeah, I talked to God today. and Oh, yeah, well, that, that's really nice. And, uh, and he told me that uh, I, I'm going to need to build a boat because it's going to rain. Oh, that's nice, honey, and go on. No, it's, it's going to flood the world, and it's really going to be bad, and we've got to get on the boat and got to live in it. And then all of a sudden she said, no, what did you say? <laughs> it's going to do what? Yeah, the water's going to come from the sky, and he's going to bring so much water, it's going to cover the land. Now, we live where hurricanes come. You say floods, you say water. We understand that. They never seen it. They never experienced it. Noah, something is going to take place. Hey, Jesus is coming again. We've never seen it take place. Do we believe it? See, Noah, hey, God said, you be faithful. You're going to go to a place called uh, heaven. We've never seen heaven. By faith, we believe. By faith, Noah accepted what God said. Hey, the expert of his day would have denied it. The meteorologist would have said the same thing every day. It's going to be a beautiful day. We're going to have a nice dew in the morning, and, and the temperature is just going to be wonderful. We're going to have thorns and thistles, but it's going to be a great day. It's going to rain. No one believed it. No one knew it. But he had a word from God, and he believed it, and he obeyed it. Because God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God said this will change lives. How is it going to change a drunkard's life? I don't understand completely how it does. But I know that God can go in and change that heart and change that person. Why? I've seen it done. I've seen what he's done in my own life. I've experienced it. I've felt it. And I've seen what he's done in others. There was not only a godless society. Uh, there was a word from God. But third, there was a man of faith. We've already alluded to it and made reference to it. Hebrews eleven seven says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Faith is taking God at his word. See, the world says, you all Christians, you just use faith as a crutch and you're just, faith is jumping out. No, that's stupidity, jumping out on nothing. Just jumping out and saying, hey, we're going to see what happens. No, faith is taking God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is going out when God calls a missionary to go to the foreign field to a place he's never been and doesn't have the resources. But God said, I'll supply your needs. If you go, I will supply. I will take care of you. And that missionary steps out on the verse in the direction of God and says, I'm going to go. And he takes that step and God provides the platform to step. And then he steps on the next one and he gets 
going down life and he looks back and said, I can't explain it. You can't put pen and paper down and make it make sense. But God said to do it and I have this verse and I've claimed it and I'm going forward. He was a man of faith. Hey, listen, folks were coming at him, uh, but he still went. Listen, we've got uh, things that we must do, but it's going to take faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Do we truly trust in God tonight? Do we have faith in God that he's going to provide our needs? Many don't have faith because they're not spending time in the word of God. How much of the word of God? I heard it said one time, yeah, the Word of God, which we know is spiritual food for us. The Bible describes it as milk, meat. Jesus said it's bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If you physically ate like you spiritually eat, would you have to be on life support system or would you be dead? See, many spiritually are dried up and starving. And that's why they're blown away. They're taken away. They've not been feasting on the Word of God. Not only was there a godless society and there was a Word of God and there was a man of faith, but because there was a man of faith, there was work to be done. See, I've met a lot of people in churches from, from time to time that were very much into prophecy and wanting to know all the end times things and uh, who's God, may God, who's the Antichrist, how's this all in. But it never affected their day-to-day walk, and they didn't want to do anything for God. They, they weren't willing to go mop the, uh, uh, the bathrooms. They weren't willing to clean in the church. They weren't willing to knock on doors. They weren't willing to help in the nursery. They weren't willing to help uh, in the children's ministry. They weren't willing to go. They weren't willing to do, but they wanted to be all spiritual and sit and think about and talk about the end times. Hey, Noah could have went around and said, look, there's going to be a flood. There's going to be a flood. There's going to be a flood. And people say, really? Is there going to be a flood? Yeah, we're all going to drown. We need to build an ark and he never built an ark and you know what happened to Noah he'd have drowned we can say hey we're in a godless society and whoa it's terrible and it's the last days folks there's still a work to be done you're here I'm here God has something for us to do hey never think what you do for God is small you need to find out what God has for you to do hey people aren't going to understand it people aren't going to know there was a physical and there was a spiritual work that Noah was doing he was a building and he was a preaching he was a building that ark and he, he was a preaching I can't imagine what that was like uh, those first few days as they're, they're hauling this out and he is telling his boys this is what we're going to do and as the neighbors come by you know that neighbor we all got that neighbor you know they peek out whoops through my handkerchief they peek out through the uh, window seal and they know that everybody's business and everything that's going on and what they're doing uh, but they're not gossiping they're just letting you know information or giving you a prayer request <laughs> you need to pray for them you know what's going on over there hey Noah was the neighbor that was the one everybody said you know that crazy you know that? have you seen that thing he's building he built an ark. He said, it's going to rain. Ain't never seen it rain. Down at the old coffee shop, you know, the old timers or the hardies, you know, getting them old greasy biscuits in the morning. And the old guys are down there talking and saying, hey, that old crazy Noah, he's still at it. He's still with it. Have you seen that thing? I don't know what he's planning on putting in there. But, man, that thing's bigger than anybody's house. Ain't nobody needs a boat that big. 
That's just ridiculous. Why would he do something like that? He could have taken that money and he could have went down and fed them poor people. Why, why send that money there? You could have did this or you could have did that. Because he had a word from God and he had a work to do. And by faith, he's going to build it. And he was a preacher of righteousness. 2 Peter 2.5 tells us, Listen, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. As I've traveled and I've heard other preachers say, I have not had one pastor ever come up and say, You know what, Brother Lockhart, I, I got a problem in my church. Really, Pastor, what's that? Now, I'm not saying I've not had that, but they've not said this. I, I, I've got so many workers, I've got nothing for them to do. I, I, I mean, I'm having to create stuff all the time. I'm spending all my time creating opportunities because everybody in my church wants to work. A lot of times it's 80-20, sometimes 10-90, 10% that are doing all the work. Some, some churches, it's even less. If they don't have a paid staff person to do it, it doesn't get done. There's a work for us to do. First church we went to was an old converted one-room schoolhouse in Colerum, Pennsylvania. Greatest place in the world. I loved it as a kid. Man, we go there, and that's the place that I, I got saved at. That's the place I got tore up several times. That's the place I first broke a window in a church. You say, how many windows you broke in church? I don't know. I, I mean, it was a kid, you know. Uh, sometimes we help working on things. We did things. I love that church. Somewhere along the line, after we left, someone forgot that there was a work to do. And now it's a party central place where it's BYOB the last time I went by. For those who don't know, that means bring your own bottle, bring your own beer to the place that once Mays Jackson preached revivals at. Where once a little boy, eight-year-old, was taken by his pastor's wife into a little room because he wasn't sure about salvation and they shared the plain, simple salvation that our brother preached about this morning. And I got saved. And I learned how to serve. And I go by that building now in tears. Someone forgot that there's a work. I could take you to another church to where they had the Christian school. I had the privilege of meeting my wife. Is no more. Because someone. I could take you to the first church that I pastored. The people decided they didn't want to work. It was the end time. We got to change. It is no more. And there are countless churches. And I don't know about if your ministry gets it, brother, but there are usually a couple a year that will get the letter and said, Dear Beam staff, we love you and we love your ministry but this will be the last support check because our church closed and we had to sell our property and we're sending out all the funds that we have to the missionaries. We love you and, and we're sorry to report that. How's that happen? Well, we're in the last days, preacher, and people don't want to. No, I believe it's because people have forgot that even though we're in a godless society, we still have a word that is alive and quick and powerful. And if we will by faith take that word and do the work, 
then we can see rewards. You see, the next thing I find that there were rewards to be obtained. Noah, he, he received awards. Why? What were the rewards that Noah had? Hey, listen, the biggest reward I think Noah had is when that ark was closed and he looked over and there was his three boys and his three daughter-in-laws and his wife was in there. I know his heart was aching for the family and friends that were on the outside that were beating on the outside of the ark and that wanted to come in and that he begged for years, a hundred and some years, begging them to repent and get ready because God is going to judge. But yet his children were there. What a tragedy that folks get so busy in this world that they forget the most important thing to teach their children is about Jesus. Is about Jesus. But not only that, you know, we won't take the time, but you, you probably know it, Sunday night crowd in this church, there are crowns that we can win, that we're going to cast at Jesus' feet. Have you ever thought about this, serving God? Jesus said, uh, you know, we get saved, and he said, i got a work for you to do, and if you're going to be my disciple, come. you got to take up your cross, follow me. And he said, you, you come, follow me, and I've got a work for you to do, and this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to do it. And oh, by the way, I will provide all your needs for you to do this work, and I will provide everything that you lack, wisdom or whatever it is. I'm going to provide that for you, and you work. And, and as, as we read uh, Paul, saying one plants one waters but as God gives the increase God said I'm going to bless that work and then when it's all said and done and you've done all this work and I've provided all these things I'm going to turn around and give you rewards for you serving me how can you lose in serving him what an amazing thing was in the days of Noah all those crowns all that work but there's one last thing one last point that I want to remind you of and in this last day and in the days of Noah, yes, there was a godless society. There was a man of faith. There was work to be done. There were rewards to be obtained. There was a plan of salvation. There was a plan of salvation. There was not multiple ways that people were going to be able to escape that judgment. You see, that plan was God's plan. Only one way. You had to be in the ark, that ark representing Christ, as it was so wonderfully preached and plainly preached this morning by Brother Kendrick. And listen, there's only one way of salvation, and we must accept that one way. We must be in the ark. And I want you to realize when, when Noah and his family went in, God shut the door and sealed the ark. When we get saved, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. It is God's plan and God's work and God's way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. God is going to judge sin. He must judge sin because he's a righteous and a holy God. And that demands that he judges sin. And as was preached this morning, and, and you've probably heard it many times, the, the question is, will you let Jesus take your judgment for your sin on the cross and accept that and confess your sin? Or will you pay for your sin ever dying throughout all eternity in a place called hell? You see, folks, those that are out there and they're living that lifestyle, and many of them know no different and know no other way. But it is our job and our work 
to be out there and telling them about Jesus. God has a work for us to do. This church here, one pastor away from total apostasy. One quick turnaround. And it could be, I remember when Victory Baptist was a great church. You say, oh no, that wouldn't happen here. I didn't think it would happen in churches I was in. And I've known other preachers that have said, I can't believe how fast. What happened? Well, preacher, it's in the days of Noah, yeah. But in the days of Noah, there was a man of faith who had a word from God. He was willing to work and do. And he saw that plan of salvation. And we are all kinfolk now. We all go back to Noah. I know you don't want to hear that. I understand that. I don't do Ancestry.com because the ones I know I don't want to know, let alone want to find out anybody else. But folks, we're, we're in a godless time. I'm not making light of that at all. As in the days of Noah. We look around. I'd be crazy to say it's not. I would be crazy to say it's not. Perilous and dangerous times. But we still have a word. And we still have a work. And we still have a God that says... Be faithful. Be faithful, and I'll reward you. Let's bow in prayer as the pastor comes and prepares for the time of invitation. Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share just these simple few thoughts, to share about the ministry that you've given us. But, Lord, sometimes we want to send the word of God around the world, but we don't want to spend the time in the word. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this time of invitation. Use it, Lord. If there's one lost, may they come to the saving knowledge of Christ. If there's one that, Lord, is thinking about, there's just too much going on, what's the use? Lord, may they be reminded of Noah, that he was a man of faith who faithfully worked in the saving of his family. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's head to bow our eyes are closed and the pastor comes.